BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome in to Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? Good. I'm already kind of worn out with, with the talk about Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, like to the point that I'm, I'm going to blow a gasket here in about 30 seconds. But I, I, uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I, I um, from this little behind the scenes, when Verderam and I do our pre-show talk, uh, as you can t- see, he's already irritated with me. I, I kept hitting with Paula Abdul puns, and he was not a fan. He's not a fan. Literally, I literally, like, borderline don't even know who she is. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm aware she was on, like, well, American Idol, right, at some point. Uh, you're so uh, other, young, Verderam. You're so that, young. Like, surprise is terrible. I don't know. I don't know who she is. doesn't matter. Do, do you want to start with your, your – I don't want to say hatred – but your irritation with the national media when it comes to Mahomes, Burrow, no. or do you want to start going into the games first? No, Burrow, Mahomes. Look, and it is. It's a, at this point, it's almost a deep-seated hatred. Like I'm to the point <laughs> where, how dumb are we as a society? Like I swear to God, because we have these take shows in the morning that it's like it's all anybody can do. It's like, all right, let's let's turn on ESPN. What's on there? Something nuanced that we can learn from? Nope. Fuck that. The dumbest possible thing imaginable. Let's go to NFL Network, which used to have a great show in Good Morning Football and still does at times. Like, and I have a lot of respect. Like, Kyle Brandt, he's been on this podcast. Peter Schrager does a really good job. Nate Burleson, of course, no longer with the show. Kay Adams, same deal. But like, like Kay, have gotten okay a little. Nate's been on the show multiple times. Like, that show's a really smart show. And then like, you look this morning and it's like, I'll tell you what. If Burrow wins this game, that that's it. He's unquestionably better. That's it. Before I completely lose it, like here's an honest, legitimate take on this whole thing. This is the only sport that we do this with, and it's the only position. If you are a baseball fan and you watch baseball night in and night out, and you say to another group of, let's say, 100 baseball fans, who's the best player in the sport? It's Mike Trout. Like, no one's arguing that. Nobody in the world's like, I think it's Giancarlo Stanton. Like, no, it's not. It's Mike Trout. And by the way, Mike Trout has won zero playoff games. Okay? Zero in his career. Nobody's sitting there like, man, I'll tell you, I don't know. I watched Brandon Nimmo get three hits last night, and Mike Trout went 0 for 5. Like, that's it. That Like, nobody's doing that. In hockey, if you're a hockey fan, you ask 100 people who are normal, knowledgeable hockey fans, who is the best player in the sport? It's Connor McDavid. There is no argument. Nobody is sitting there thinking to themselves, like, I don't know. I think Johnny Goudreau is pretty good. Like, yeah, he's great. He's not Connor McDavid. Like, there's no argument. There will be many guys this year in the NHL who have 100 points or 50 goals. They're not Connor McDavid. Like, and Connor McDavid 
has never been past the conference final. He only got there once. His teams have largely sucked in Edmonton. It's not his fault. Then you get to Mahomes, whose teams have not sucked. He is now hosting five straight AFC title games. He's about to be a two-time NFL MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won one. Joe Burrow has been to one Super Bowl. And granted, he's 3-0 against the Chiefs. He's not going toe-to-toe with Mahomes in these games. They don't share the field simultaneously. Like, he's going against the Chiefs defense, which last year, by the way, sucked. Okay? Now, I would sit there and tell you unequivocally, I think Joe Burrow is the second-best quarterback in the league. I thought that before he beat Josh Allen. I said that on here before he beat Josh Allen. It is so incredibly exhausting to do this over and over Day in, day out, week in, week out. You got Dan Orlovsky on, on ESPN. Like, well, you know, I think Mahomes is the best player in the league and he's the most dynamic, but Burrow's the best quarterback. With all due respect to Dan Orlovsky, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, what is that? You just said he's the best player in football. Well, well Burrow's the best guy at playing quarterback. So, like, what does that insinuate then? That Mahomes is dumb? Like, that he can't play a normal style quarterback? What, is, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand that. I, I, like, you just say he's the best player in football. Then how the hell is he the second best player at his own damn position? Like, I, I, I am so tired of it. We don't have to have a scorching hot take about every single thing, every single second of the day. If Michael Jordan had played in today's era, we we absolutely would have had the conversation. You know, I know he's a great player. He's averaging 38 points a game. But is Isaiah Thomas better because the Pistons beat the Bulls? Like, no, he's not. The only person in the world that thinks he's better than Michael Jordan is Isaiah Thomas in that scenario. That is it. Nobody, Joe Dumars wouldn't have thought Isaiah Thomas was better. Like, we can have an honest conversation about Joe Burrow's great. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He's fantastic. He is not Patrick Mahomes. I'll give one last example of this because I think it's fair. Jim Kelly is a great all-time quarterback, Hall of Fame player, deservedly so. Phenomenal. He beat Dan Marino routinely in his career. Dan Marino went to one Super Bowl and lost. Jim Kelly went to four, lost them all. There is not a person alive, including Jim Kelly, who's like, I think I think Jim Kelly was better. Dan Marino was a much better quarterback. He was. Like, sometimes we don't have to go this deep. I mean, can you imagine like in the 87 miles when, when Wade Wilson beat Joe Montana and Montana got benched in the game at Candlestick? If that happened today, some dope would absolutely be like, I'll tell you what, Wade Wilson, you know, at this point in his career, he's a better player than Joe Montana. Like, it's so dumb. It's mind-numbing. Like, just stop. Burrow's amazing. But to sit here and argue that he's better Patrick Mahomes, like, based on what? That Burrow's better against the Chiefs defense than Mahomes has been against Cincinnati's? And by the way, all these games have come down to a field goal. Like, other than Mahomes in the second half of the AFC title game, which he was awful in, he has been phenomenal against Cincinnati. 10 of the 12 quarters, he's killed them in. Like, it's not like Mahomes has been brutal in these games. He was awful for a half, and it was a big half. Fair enough. By the way, in that same half, Burrow threw a hideous interception. Okay, like, we've just got to stop with all these weird, like, every game is the ultimate referendum. And so also, like, to end this, if Mahomes beats Burrow this week on one leg, then what is it? Does that is that the end of the argument forever? Like, if Burrow wins four Super Bowls, like, that's it, though, because Mahomes won this game? It's incredibly dumb. And I, I am no longer here for any of it. I'm willing to call it all out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, it's very obnoxious. I think it's disrespectful to Joe Burrow, because then you're constantly trying to discredit what Joe Burrow's done, and it's nothing that Joe Burrow has done. It makes no sense to me. We all know we have eyes. Is Eli Manning now better than Tom Brady? 
Is Nick Foles better than Tom Brady? No, that is asinine. Your Drew, uh, your uh, Dan Marino point was uh, was perfect. Is Robert Ori one of the greatest basketball players of all time? Because rings? No, he's not. It makes no sense. It's a horrendous argument. And again, I think it's to an extent disrespectful to Joe Burrow because then we're trying to discredit what he has done early on. He's not hosted five straight AFC championship games. That's not him. It's Mahomes. We'll leave it there. It's just uh, so weird. Like, I just – I'm not ready to leave it there. It's so weird. <laughs> like, I, because, like, look, at some point, like, do you have any integrity at all? Like, do you care at all about, like, being being correct in any of this stuff? Or is it all just like, hey, look, man, I got to make sure I get that engagement up so when my agent goes and renegotiates my contract with the brass, like, I can get that extra 10K, 20K slapped in the contract. Like, you know what? I like people always say like, why do you care? Like what Skip Bayless does, because it poisons the well. That's why, because you then you start losing the ability to bring on people who have a brain, and you have these dopes who have like these these manicured videos of him throwing out a Dak Prescott jersey. It's a seventy year old man throwing out a jersey, and everybody's like, oh shoot, Skip did you? That's the problem with the way we take sports in. We have people who are morons, okay, who who are constantly shaping narratives instead of just giving an honest opinion. And in this case, like, like for, I used Dan Orlovsky as an example earlier. I actually think Dan Orlovsky does a great job breaking down the game. That's why Frank, I was disappointed. Like, look, you know, ball, man, like break it down. Like that's the thing I, I think is so frustrating for me. So many fans, they want to learn more. They want to get smarter. They, they want to hear expertise from a guy like Orlovsky who played in the NFL. Yeah. He stunk as a quarterback, but he's a hell of a lot better than most of us are ever going to even dream of being, right? Like, he knows football. It's so frustrating to me that we have people who can really explain football and then we just devolve into, you know, Rex Ryan on Get Up, just screaming into camera three. Like, just stop. Nobody, who wants, like, I guess that's my last question of this. Who wants this shit? Who is the person who's like, fuck, I miss Get Up today? That's it. That's the end of my Tuesday. Like, oh, Christ. I First take, it's taking a break. Somebody's on vacation. What am I going to think about football now? Like, who are these people? Who are these people and why did they get a lobotomy? Who are these people? Like, I, I just don't understand. Obviously, there are many of them because if they didn't do good ratings, it wouldn't be on television. Like, I understand how it all works. But who are these people who are consuming Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp just incoherently screaming at one another. I don't I don't understand. Kyle Coster, who is a who's a guy who I work with, he works at the big lead, but we're all owned by the same company, had a great tweet the other day. Shannon Sharp apologized for his like transgressions, if you want to call it that, at the Lakers Memphis game the other night. Um and Kyle was like, every every tire repair shop had a had a Morton full three minutes as Shannon Sharp was, was giving this. And I was thinking to myself, like, it's true. Like those are, those are the TVs that are tuned into this right now. Right. Like some Jiffy lube, everybody's sitting there sobbing as Shannon Sharp. They're like, I'm sorry for my actions at crypto.com arena on Friday night. (laughs) What are we doing? This is the dumbest possible way to, can you imagine if we did this in any other world? Like if we, if we were like, you know what? I really got to make sure I'm up on the economy and you tuned into some asshole's TikTok, and he's just like, <laughs> I got bread with a Groupon for 187. You'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what are we doing? Like, why am I listening to this guy? This guy's shooting this TikTok from his from his, his parking lot at, at a duplex. Like, why am I listening to this guy? But my like, what are we why? It is it has to be the dumbest possible way to consume sports, and yet it shapes narratives. And I cannot believe I'm talking about it, but I'm so annoyed. I can't take the shit no more. That's where I am with this. All-time Verderant. Put it on the Mount Rushmore next to the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. We now have two all-time Verderants up there. I, I just, it really, like, I, I guess there's evidence now. It grinds me to no end. It is Oh my God. But like, you know, I mean, you're, you're a music guy. Yeah. Right. What is your favorite publication to read regarding music? Do you have one? Mm, 
I don't, I wouldn't say I have a favorite. I, I consume all, um, mostly books, truthfully, okay. just autobiographies. You know, or, or, like, something like that. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's a few authors I really, really enjoy. Okay. Let's say, let's say that your favorite author came out and was like, here's the hundred greatest, uh, artists of musical artists of all time. Okay. And you were like, I can't wait to read it. And you opened it up and he was like, I'll tell you what. I know the Beatles are up there. The Rolling Stones are up there. Aerosmith's up there. But did you hear the latest Iggy Azalea? Did you hear that? <laughs> Number one went platinum. Two years. Like, you, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? You would throw that book through the window. And then you jump out after it. So you tried to give yourself a concussion to forget that you read that take. Right? Like, you'd be like, this has to be the dumbest thing I've ever been associated with in my life. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like if somebody was like Bieber, the Beatles, give me Bieber because <laughs> Bieber's more relevant to the current moment. And if you played both songs on the radio right now, more people would be able to recognize Bieber. I, your, your head would explode. Like you would, it, that's where we are with this. Like we've really, I almost wish like Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl this year because I'm here for it. Is Brock Purdy the best quarterback in the NFL? Like, what if Brock Purdy plays bang- the Bengals in the Super Bowl and just whips Joe Burrow's ass in that game? Like, Burrow's sacked 11 times. Purdy's in a lawn chair all game long. But Purdy throws like a buck 60, and they win going away. I look forward to the next one. Is Brock Purdy is, – is he the best quarterback in the NFL? I look forward to that conversation. Let's get to the game. Oh, all I took from that is Crocus apparently is now the greatest classic rock band of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Number one with a bullet. Give them their own Hall of Fame. Build it right next to the other one in Cleveland. Fucking Crocus ballroom blitz cover. Uh, All right. Patrick Mahomes ankle. What does this mean for the AFC championship game? His ankle. We know high ankle sprain is what it's listed as. If you've played sports six to eight weeks, Four to six weeks, it's not a fun injury to have. Uh, as a man who plays a ton of basketball, it sucks ass. It sucks extreme ass. Now, basketball and football are completely different. Being a quarterback, not ideal. You have to obviously push off that ankle to throw the football. Mobility is one of the assets that Mahomes possesses. How does this affect him and the game in general? Well, it's hard to say in the sense that you know, with all due respect to your athletic prowess, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess Patrick Mahomes has you beat. I also think I, that- I'm not comparing. I'm saying it sucks. No, We're different human beings. He's an elite athlete. I'm a fucking bum. I'm not disagreeing there. But okay. my point is, too, I'm not playing in an NFL game. I'm playing against some dudes at Hy-Vee Arena. Right. I, it's right. not as high competition. Well, <laughs> no. It's funny, though, because you do get these people – who are like, like and I, I've actually had people say this to me before. Like, I don't understand why these, these athletes, these world-class athletes, why they blow their knees out. Like, I've played 40 years at the Y, and I've never blown my <laughs> knee out. It's like, yeah, bro, say that again. Say it real slow, like five times. There's a reason for that, because you're not exactly moving at the rate these other guys are. No, look, the point is, um, it's gonna, it's going to affect him in this game. I mean, anybody who wants to say it does, they're just don't lie. I mean, it's going to affect him. The question now is how affected is he? Is he 60%? Is it not as bad as we all thought and it's 80%? You know, I I really think in this game, the main thing is going to be, can he move around enough in the pocket? He's got a big enough arm that I, I'm not too worried about him making the throws. Like, I think he'll be able to do that fine. I also am pretty convinced he's not going to be able to, like, take off and run for 20 yards. I don't think that's happening. So it's kind of that middle ground for me. If Hendrickson comes free on a rush, can he move enough to get away from it? That's going to be a thing. Now, let's also be very honest with everybody here. Okay? They're going to give him world-class treatment around the clock all week long. We know this. We also know this is a National Football League. They're going to shoot that ankle up in a way that is going to probably be illegal in about 48 states. All right? They're going to, I mean, one thing after the next. They're going to wrap it. They're going to tape it. They're going to shoot it. They're going to everything. I don't even know if he's going to feel his ankle during the game. Now, is that a good thing, a bad thing? I don't know. Um, 
but I, I do think that this is going to be obviously impactful. It's just really hard to say how impactful because he's not a receiver trying to play on it. He's not a running back trying to play on it. He's a quarterback. Can he move enough? Can he shuffle in the pocket? If he can do that, I think he'll be all right. If he can't and he's just absolutely a statue, then then I think it has a real significant impact on the game. Yeah, it's enough medication. It's the the normal person equivalent of trying to finish a six-pack of four loco where you just feel nothing. You're just done. You're just trying to go out there and just not puke. With Mahomes, though, I think it all comes down to what does the Bengals' defense do? That's what it comes down to. Do they drop eight? Are they going to try and blitz him constantly because they know his ankle's not great? Try and make him move. That's what it comes down to in my mind. If they blitz, uh, if Mahomes gets the ball out quick, that might behoove them. If they drop eight and he's just sitting there, you would hope Kansas City runs the football. But we saw the Chiefs last year when the Bengals dropped eight. They went away from the run when it was working. It all, in my mind, comes down to what does Cincinnati do defensively? I will say this. I think, first of all, it's Walt Day. It's a good point. I do not think they're going to blitz a ton in this game. I think they're nuts if they blitz him in this game. I keep seeing people say that, like, He's a wounded animal. Blitz him. It's like, that's great. You're taking guys out of coverage. I bet you he's praying they blitz. Like, if I was him, I'd be, by all means, blitz. Give me easier windows to throw out of. Um, I don't think they'll do that a lot. I mean, certainly occasionally here and there, but I don't think a lot. I will unequivocally say, outside of, of course, turnovers, okay, which have been the Chiefs bugaboo against Cincinnati at times in these three games. This game is going to come down to their, their offensive and defensive line. It just is. That is going to determine who goes to Super Bowl in this game. If Kansas City can run the ball well and they hold up and pass pro, and on the defensive side of the ball they can get home with four, they're going to win this game. If they can't, they won't. And I know that sounds really simplistic, and you can be well, that's most games. Yeah, it is, but in this game to me especially. Kansas City's not winning this game if Mahomes is under duress the whole game. He can't be the superhero he normally is. They're going to have to protect him in this game. Defensively, I went back and I did something I don't normally have the time to do, but I stayed up till 2 o'clock to do it. I sat down and I watched Kansas City's defensive film from that last game against Cincinnati. I got to tell you, the corners were fine in that game. They weren't the problem. They were fine. The problem in that game was the linebackers suck in zone. They cannot drop to to save their lives in zone coverage. Bolton, Gay, Harris are all terrible. And the front four couldn't do anything. If the, if the Chiefs – and by the way, let, all that being said, all that being said, Burrow was 26 of 31 in the game. The Chiefs were up by three with the ball with 10 minutes to go and driving. Like, Burrow played as well as he could possibly play, and they were still about to lose if Kelsey doesn't fumble the ball. Okay? So my point is – you can sit there and talk about all this other stuff. I really just think it comes down to the front. Like, if, if Kansas City wins up front, they're going to win this game if they don't turn the ball over. If the Bengals win up front, they win. And if it's a if it's a stalemate, then I think it just comes down to, like, who's got the ball with two minutes left. You know, and Jack brought up a point. Tyler Boyd dropped a wide-open touchdown. And you're right. He did. He did. Butker also missed a kick. I, I will say a couple of things went the Chiefs' way in that game. If we're being fully honest, Tyler Boyd dropped uh, the yep. Carlos Dunlap, which, which again, if you just want to say he made a great play, he made a great play. There was also some coaching dysfunction on that. That was a seven-point swing, at least three-point swing at a minimum on that play that Carlos Dunlap made. Great job yeah. by Carlos so there, Dunlap there, taking that away from him. But, but there, we're talking ten points right there. So I just want to be full transparent here if we're going to say that. I will say Hayden Hurst was – cooking cooking the Chiefs linebacking core early on over the middle then he went out with an injury that's something I'm very concerned about as a Chiefs guy Hayden Hurst healthy against Nick Bolton Willie Gay Jr. over the middle if what happened early in that game game transpires for a full game it feels like the Bengals could take advantage of that yeah, absolutely. Lose. And listen, you're right, by the way. I, I honestly, I give credit to Dunlop. I thought it was just a phenomenal play. I, but yeah. it, fair enough. Like, they could have kicked the field goal there. It was a chip shot. There's also a play earlier in that game that would have flipped the whole game. Thornhill picked off Burrow. And you watch that play on film. I would put it this way. If that play happens 10 times, that penalty probably gets called five times. 
Like McDuffie, kind of grabbed them, but not. I don't think it really impacted the play. And, like, that's one of those things, like, that would that was returned to the 10-yard line. Like, that's probably a touchdown. My point is this. The Bengals played really, really well in that game, and yet it was a game right down to the end. Like, it was – I mean, both teams could have won it, right, with five minutes to go. I think if you're the Chiefs in this game, you've got to stop with – this zone coverage where you're dropping these backers, they cannot co- – guys, I'm telling you right now, they play zone coverage against this team, they're dropping Bolton and, and Gay, they're going to get killed. Burrow, by the way, when they played zone, Burrow almost exclusively threw between the numbers. It's almost all that he did the whole game. When they went to man coverage, Burrow's Burrow. He still made some plays. Like, I don't want to get it twisted. He still made some beautiful throws, including the one that sealed the game to Higgins where he hit, he hit Higgins on a slant in front of Joshua Williams. Williams couldn't have had better coverage. And it was a perfect throw. There were a couple of plays like that. But the Chiefs made life a lot harder in man coverage. You notice if you watch the film, there's a lot more times where Burrow holds the ball for a while. That's where the Chiefs front's got to win. If they don't win the – look, if the Chiefs don't win up front, they're losing this football game. I'd be stunned if the Chiefs lose as bad as they did in that game up front and they find a way to win. Um, but I think in the end, I think this game's a coin flip. Like, I really do. I don't think it's like, oh, Cincinnati's so much better or the Chiefs are so much better. I I think this game comes down to Mahomes' ankle and it comes down to who wins up front. That's really, I, I think that that's going to be the determining factor in the game. Uh, Paul, I see your question. We are actually going to hit on that a little bit later on in the show after we break down some of the divisional games right here. Uh, we'll talk about the Niners and Eagles in just a moment. I do want to talk about the Bengals offensive line. The Chiefs should be able to get pressure on Joe Burrow, but the Bills were not able to. The Bills obviously have a injured front four, so that obviously poses a different sort of issue for them. But the Bengals dominated. It wasn't like they just held Pat. They dominated the Bills, and not oh, just no. with, with giving Joe Burrow time, but on the ground. Do you expect Cincinnati yep. to run the ball a ton with all those backups? Although I will say Jonah Williams is listed as week to week. He might be back. Right, we don't know for down. sure. Uh, yeah. We're the only guy that's definitely out is Collins. Uh, um, yeah. I, you know, man, I don't know. Like, if you're the Chiefs, are you cool with them running the ball? Yes. You probably are, right? Like, if, I, if I'm Spagnolo, I would give them a ton of light boxes. I'd play a ton of dime. I'd be like, go ahead, run, go nuts. Like I, I think you know, Chiefs have, the Chiefs have seen teams do that to them for years, right? Um, also, not to divert here because then we'll get to the NFC game. Quick word on the Bills here, just a, a quick pro, postmortem. Man, I give the Bengals every bit of credit. I picked the Bengals to win the game. I'm not surprised the Bengals won. I give the Bengals all the credit in the world. They plowed Buffalo. Is that a one-off to you with the Bills, or is it like there's something more going on here? There's something more. That was a microcosm of a bigger issue. You mentioned it all season long. It was Josh Allen was the entire team. He was the offense. One, it makes me laugh. He's not good in poor weather games, and Buffalo refuses to build a, a stadium for him that best suits him. Makes no sense. I understand Buffalo, Snow, it's one and the same. But if you want to win more ball games, you think you'd want to uh, do that. And that's obviously putting a, a ceiling over the, the, the field for, for Josh Allen. Uh, Stephon Diggs blowing up on the sideline. I, I see where he's coming from, the passion, but it's still a horrendous look. They're injured. They're getting older. They went all in this offseason. They went all in, and they have nothing to show for it. They've not – progressed past this particular round this is a microcosm of a bigger issue for the buffalo bills i agree by the way i know you're a royals fan they just traded mondesi to the red sox um but uh for for for, for like me you and like eight bucks um <sighs> figured it'd brighten your day um, no, you, really quickly, I am the biggest Montessi fan i'm an idiot i understand he could be 45 and i'll say fuck it the potential i get it but unless you're getting back something that has some sort of upside, why? Why? No, I got nothing. Yeah, absolutely Go nothing. Um, just absolute, just a, just a tire fire of, a, of an organization. But somehow my baseball team's like eight times worse. Um, all right. So, look, the Bills to me, 
as you mentioned, you're right. I mean, I, I talked about it all year long. The Bills' offensive identity is, I don't know, Josh, figure it out, whatever it takes, just figure it out. Well, couldn't figure it out in that game. If you're the Bills now, here comes the hard part, and the Chiefs just went through this this past offseason. Your cap it now with your quarterback is going to go through the roof. It's going to be forty million bucks next year instead of seventeen. Okay, Edmonds is a free agent. Poyer's a free agent. Singletary's a free agent. Gabe Davis is one year left, but like you can extend them or you're not going to extend them. Kind of to that point now. Like you got to make a decision, and it's just only going to get harder for them. I also will say this, and I'm, look, Leslie Frazier's done a very good job as your D coordinator. I mean, bro, you've gotten waxed three straight years out of the playoffs. 38 in Kansas City, 42 in Kansas City, 27 in Buffalo. And let's be real, if the Bengals wanted to score again, they would have done it. Like, that defense has gotten cooked in the last three years in the playoffs. Cooked. Um, they just gave up 31 to Skylar Thompson. Like, their, their defense has been a disaster in the postseason. And for all these Bills fans, like, if they had Von Miller, it would have been different. It Really? Would have been that different? Because I don't think Von Miller's worth 17 points. Um, and offensively, it's like, other than Stephon Diggs, who scares you on that offense? Who is it? I like Dawson Knox as much as the next guy, but, like, you're not, like, quaking in your boots facing Dawson Knox. I think that team – look, the idea that the window's closed is stupid. He's still, you know, in his mid-20s, he's a great quarterback. But – the idea that the window is shrinking is real because it's harder now. They're going to have to draft really, really well going forward. And if they don't, they're screwed. The other thing is Allen's got to stop at the turnovers. Now, that didn't happen in this game. I don't. It, that's not why they lost. He had a pick, but it was like with a minute left. They lost in this game because I thought the coaching was bad. I think the coaching has let's – let's also call a spade a spade. They should have beaten the Chiefs last year. They had 13 seconds, and they – they screwed the pooch in every possible way. McDermott's got him kicking through the end zone. Frazier's got him playing like, hey, don't let him get out of bounds. Leslie, Chiefs have two timeouts. Like, the whole damn field is out of bounds as far as the clock's concerned. Like, weird, 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 weird coaching. So, yeah, I think the Bills have some big problems. And I also wonder, too, now, are we starting to get to the point with the Bills? You look at them and just go, yeah, they're really talented. They're really good, but, like, yeah, like, is there just something missing? Is there just something missing with them that isn't missing in Cincinnati, that isn't missing in Kansas City? It feels like the Chiefs and the Bengals are much more complete teams than the Bills. Which is funny because I thought the Bills had one of the most complete teams in the NFL going into this season. Uh, we did not account for the injuries at safety uh, to Von Miller and also Tredavious White not being the same Tredavious White that we have seen in the past. But again, Every team goes to this where you have some regressions, you have injuries, you have to find a way to get through them. The Bills, they were not able to get through them. By the way, the only Miller that could have helped in that game was Miller Light, just to ease the pain. That was the only Miller that could have helped when you lose by 17. Let's get into the Eagles and 49ers. This game I'm very, very intrigued about. These are the clear-cut two best teams in the NFC, two most well-rounded teams in the NFC, maybe two most well-rounded teams in the entire NFL. They're not as reliant on quarterback as they have two teams in the AFC. What are you looking forward to most in this matchup? By the way, just to complete your pain, uh, the Royals traded for uh, left-handed reliever Josh Taylor, who had a 3.4 ERA, but not last year, because last year he was hurt the entire season. So mm. uh, two years ago. So congratulations. He'll, he'll really help when the Royals are down 6-1 in the first um, all right. So I think – I'm sorry. It was mean. I, I, but, just, but I'm an A's fan, and they're going to win 40 games this year, so I'm in deep pain. Um, all right. I am looking at this game in the NFC side, and I, I was thinking about the angle of it. Like, how would I how would I approach it? The Eagles are, I think, the better team. But how do you – like, what do you parse and go, okay, well, they have, they have the second-team all-pro quarterback and the Niners have Brock Purdy. The Niners' whole thing is how great they are defensively. Philadelphia is at least close to that good defensively, if not as good. I looked up their red zone numbers, offensive and defensive, and their third-down numbers, both sides of the ball. The Eagles are better in every single category, every single one of them. 
They also have 68 sacks this season, which is insane. If four guys in double digits. The Niners have 44 sacks as a team, and Bosa has 18 and a half of them. If that offensive line of the Eagles shuts down Bosa, good night. Like, you can throw on the Niners. The Niners defensively, if you really look at their numbers, are not overwhelming. Like, they're really not. Like, they are – no, you're wrong. They're very good defense, but they're not – like, I've seen people make it out like there's some historic unit. They're not. They're not. They're a good defense. I think the main way for the 49ers, if they're going to win this game, they've got to be able to just run the ball down Philly's throat. That's the one thing with the Eagles that they can give up. And I think if you're the Niners, that's the answer in this game. Is McCaffrey and Mitchell and Debo just getting them into constantly your second and shorts, third and shorts. The, and on the flip side for the record, and then fire away, the only question I have about the Eagles is not going to be answered this game, but it will be answered in the Super Bowl no matter who wins in the AFC game. What are the Eagles going to do when they play like an actual quarterback? Have you looked at who they've played this season, the quarterbacks? It's unbelievable. The best quarterbacks they faced this year, Trevor Lawrence in, in a monsoon, Jared Goff week one, Kirk Cousins on Monday night football in week two. That's it. That's the entire list. You go through the rest of these guys, it is a bum fest like you can't even believe. I mean, Daniel Jones. Three times Daniel Jones. Okay. In fact, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not true. Daniel Jones twice. Davis Webb once. Okay. Washington. Taylor Heineke once. Carson once the other time. Cooper Rush. Dak Prescott. Now you're about to get Brock Purdy. You also had Kyler Murray this year, which congratulations. Andy Dalton, you faced Goff, who I mentioned, and Cousins. You faced Rodgers, who this year didn't throw 300 yards once and, and was brutal most of the year. And Justin Fields, who's exciting but can't throw the ball yet because he has no weapons. You, you just named NFC. NFC teams, though. You just named the NFC, the quarterback. The oh, no, I got more for you. Here's the AFC teams they faced. Lawrence in a monsoon when the Jags were in the midst of losing every game they played for a month and a half. Tannehill, Matt Ryan... Davis Mills, and wait for it, wait for it, Kenny Pickett. That is the entire list of the quarterbacks they played this year. So, like, my only question with the Eagles, who play a very predictable zone defense, they're good at it, but it's predictable. If they face Burrow or Mahomes in the Super Bowl, it's obviously they get to face one of them. What happens in that game? Like, are the Eagles just, hey, they're great, and that's who they are, or do, or do one of those two quarterbacks hang a 40-burger on them? Like, I – I don't know what to expect. I think it's a fair question, but I don't think it's applicable this week because Brock Purdy is not that guy. Yeah. I will say we'll learn more about the Eagles defense this week just based on how good San Fran is running the football as well as the weapons that San Fran has. Sure. Uh, I do want to give San Francisco a little more credit, I think, than you do defensively. I know you and I both like football outsiders, including DVOA. Yep. De- defensively, they're first. Overall, San Fran's defense is first, second overall, rush DVOA, and then fifth against the pass. So, yes, they're not as good. They can be beaten through the air, but it's not like they're a bunch of bums. They're still very talented. Javarius Ward's had a very solid season for them. I think San Fran's defense is legitimately the best in the NFL. Eagles have the sixth-ranked defense in the NFL. Again, most that's based on how good they are against the pass. You mentioned it. They haven't played many Many good quarterbacks, although Saquon Barkley sure thinks Daniel Jones is elite. But I also have the same questions for the Eagles that I do about San Francisco. If one of these teams gets up, what happens? If the Eagles get up, what happens? Brock Purdy at times against the Cowboys looked overwhelmed, looked overmatched. It wasn't like he was just ripping it through the air. The biggest play of the game was George Kittle fumbling the ball, basically, to himself. Brock Purdy looked overwhelmed when he was getting rushed, dropping back at times. You're sitting there going, throw the damn ball away as he's sprinting backwards 30 yards. I, I appreciated when right before halftime, they had seven seconds on the clock, and Greg also was in the booth. It's like, whatever you do, got to get rid of it. And, like, he still had the ball in his hand with three seconds left. And you could audibly – if you go back and listen, you could hear Greg Olson like, Ugh! like, he was just like <laughs> – is, is Brock Purdy still just running around and finally got rid of it with a second left? You're like, no, nah, man, I hear you. 
look, I am not on the Brock Purdy train. Yeah. I'm not saying I think he's like bad. I just think he's a guy. Like I don't think. Again, I led with my very level-headed opinion on all this stuff earlier, but I I think that if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, we're going to all have to cut our ears off because it is going to be unbelievable. Uh, but that's it. Oh, by the way, uh, no matter who gets to the Super Bowl, guess what? The referee for Super Bowl Fifty Seven is Carl Cheffers, ladies and gentlemen. So buckle up. Uh, and I hope you like flags because God almighty, are you going to see them? Um, can't wait to watch Carl Sheffers penalize both teams 25 times. We'll talk more about Carl Sheffers in just a moment. Let's look into the future. Which underdog has the best chance at an upset? And right now the underdogs are the chiefs and the 49ers chiefs started off as some books, two and a half, two point favorites. They are now the underdogs. What do you have? The Chiefs. The Chiefs. They're at home. They have the best player in the world, even on maybe one, one and a half legs. That like, You want to count him out? Be my guest. Go nuts. I'm not counting him out. Uh, I know they've lost three times in a row to the Bengals, but like they've lost every one of those games by a field goal. They've been leading in every single second half, and they've at least been tied in the fourth quarter every time. And I believe leading in it every time. I believe maybe the AFC title game, the answer tied. I'd have to check. Like, I think it's a coin flip of a game. And it's at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, I'm not – listen, we'll get to the picks at the end of this. I might surprise you. I probably will. But I think the Chiefs have a better chance. I think – I'm not telling you that I think Brock Purdy's got a better chance of going into Philly – where there's about a 90% chance somebody threatens his life from the stands during pregame warm-ups. Like, I, I will give Mahomes at his at his chapel. I'll give him the better chance to upset a team that I think they're on even footing with than a team where I think the Eagles are the better team. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think Chiefs have the better chance. Uh, it also would be something akin to the 08 U.S. Open for Tiger Woods. I, I, keep, I keep saying this, and I want to make it stick. This feels like if Mahomes ends up beating Cincinnati and winning the Super Bowl, it feels like the Mahomes comparison to Tiger Woods in the 08 U.S. Open when he won on one leg. When they went into that 18-hole playoff with Rocco Mediate. By the way, Rocco Mediate, what a great sport. He was just sitting there like, yeah, what am I going to (laughs) do? He was just giving Tiger all the props. But that's what it feels like. This could be his 08 U.S. Open moment. Mahomes needs this. I would give the Chiefs a better chance at an upset than the 49ers. Let's look into the future number two. What do the Niners need to do for a win? We talked about it. Uh, run the ball. They've got to run the ball. And I agree with what you said too, man. I think it's an astute point. they got to get ahead in this game. If they start playing from behind with that pass rush with Purdy, good night. I, good night. I, I do think – the Niners can win the game, but I, I also believe that they've got to play a certain way to win this game. I, I don't think they can get into a game where they get down 10 nothing at Philadelphia. Got to be able to run the ball, stay ahead of the sticks, and maybe even maybe there's even an element of they got to force a turnover. I don't know that I think they have to do that part of it, but listen, they, they're going to have to run the ball well. And I think if they can do that, control the clock a little bit, then I think they've got a, they've got a shot to, to pull the upset. For me, they can't get behind. They just can't get behind. If the Eagles come out, to, I said it against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys couldn't do it. Dak Prescott, the, the man who's trying to start an old, cold Harley Davidson motorcycle back there in his shotgun stance, couldn't do it. The Eagles' offense is much better, much more consistent, much more dynamic. If they get up two scores, and now the Niners are forced to rely on Brock Purdy, which they've not had to do yet in a game. Even against the Seahawks, that game was close. They were down, but it wasn't like an insurmountable lead. They weren't relying on Brock Purdy. If they have right. to rely on Brock Purdy, that's when I think that's when I think things go south for the Niners. They keep it close. They can run with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel against the Eagles defense. That's going to be the game changer in this one. I agree. I think that's I think that's well put. I don't have anything to add. I think you're I think you're right. All right, let's look into the future. Number three, what does the future look like for the Buffalo Bills? Yes, we touched on this a little bit, but I think it deserves a little bit of a deeper dive for a second. So I mentioned that they have 
I, I mentioned three of their their top four free agents, in my opinion. So you got Edmonds, Poyer, Singletary, and then Roger Saffold. Who listen, I you know he's a veteran guard. I think he'll just he'll walk. Um, I guess the the, the question here is. Are they going to change up anything with their coaching staff? And the second question is, if you're the Bills this offseason, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, what are you specifically trying to accomplish? I mean, they went all in. You're in the chair. What do you got? Truthfully, it's almost time to rebuild. Not rebuild. I take that back. Sorry. Reload. Same how same way Kansas City does it because when you have the head coach in place, your franchise quarterback in place, you should never rebuild. You can retool, reload, but there's going to have to be some tough decisions. Same way the Chiefs let Tyreek Hill walk. Same way they let Tyron Matthew walk. Some of your franchise cornerstones that have been there for a while, they're not going to be there. What can you do to retool and still be competitive? So I agree with you. I think with the Bills, it might be time to start thinking about, okay, we're hitting our head on the ceiling a little bit here. Now, you could sit there and argue, well, if they had Von Miller. Okay, but there's the other side of that too, man. He tore his ACL on Thanksgiving, okay? He's in his mid-30s. This is not the first time he's torn his ACL. He also had, what was it? Was it an ankle injury, I believe it was? It kept him out that year with COVID where he, he missed the whole season for Denver. He's had some real injuries to those lower body. Now, to his credit, when he's been on the field, he's been incredible. But think about, too, the Bills a season ago, in 2021, Tredavious White tore his ACL on Thanksgiving. He missed a full year, man. Like He he wasn't back till the beginning of December. So if you're the Bills, you could say, well, what if Miller's back by the beginning of even December? Okay, you get him for the playoff run. Okay. But... You're playing almost a whole year without him. You're probably not going to be the one seed. You're probably going to be playing in the wild card round again. Like, that division's getting better. The Dolphins are better. The Jets are better. And if the Jets get a real quarterback, then they're really better. I feel like Allen this year, statistically, it's almost identical to what he was a year ago, but like the mistakes are just glaring. Like He does things that you're just, you cannot do if you're going to win a Super Bowl. He was not the reason they lost to Cincinnati. He wasn't good either. He wasn't good in that game. Two of the last three years, the Bills have gotten plowed out of the playoffs. Kansas City Kansas City annihilated them in that AFC title game in 2020. The Bengals humiliated them in their own building on Sunday. Like, you want to get the, into the 13 seconds game? Okay, fine. That was a great game. They did give up 42 points in that game. like, And they had it on their racket. I'm just to a point with the Bills. Here's the other problem I think they have. The Bengals are still going to have Burrow on the cheap for a few years here. Like he's eligible for an extension after the season, but the big money won't kick in for probably two more years. The Bengals still can keep all these guys, or at least most of them around. Bengals are going to be really good for a couple more years. The Chiefs just completely reconfigured their cap sheet. Like the Chiefs have more <laughs> money than God to spend. And went 14 and three. Right. Like the Chiefs are like, this is a year we're thinking about taking a step back. And then in the middle of it, we're like, never mind. And then just went, be, went and became the one seed anyway. Like the Chiefs have 10 draft picks and 70 million in cap space if they want it. Like the Bills now are hamstrung. They're not going to do anything in free agency. If you're on the money, they're going to lose guys. I just think if you're Buffalo, do you maybe, do you think about, looking at it and going, all right, is this a time to trade Gabe Davis? Because we got one more year of him, and he's probably not worth the money he's going to be asking for after next season, unless you think he's got a massive step in him. Maybe it's worth trading him right now for a pick. and and Or maybe even um, – you know, I saw Nate Geary, who's a, who's a buddy of mine who covers uh, the Bills for WGR Radio out in Buffalo. He had a tweet. Give him credit. He was, like, talking about Davis. He's like, maybe you package him and, like, a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, mm. you go get another big-time guy. I just think the Bills right now, like, they're a dollar short. They don't have that that other weapon. I also will tell you this. If they can't run the ball at least somewhat better, every time they get to January, this is coming. This is coming every January for them. 
you don't have to be a dominant rushing team, but you got to have some ability to get four or five yards on the ground. And I do wonder about the coaching staff, too. I like McDermott. I do. I did not think Dorsey was a good offensive coordinator this year. There were way too many games where it was like, what are they doing? What is the plan? What's the identity here? And defensively, I like Leslie Frazier and all. Every year in the playoffs, it's the same thing. They just get torched. And I think part of the problem is you're really they're like they're talented on defense, but when you play a very predictable static scheme and you play the best teams in the league and you play the best quarterbacks, they're probably going to torch you, man. Like if they've got enough time, they're gonna they're gonna light you up. I think that's why the Bengals are so hard to play against a lot of times with Anarumo. Like they give you a million looks. I think that's why Spagnolo can be hard to play against at times. You don't you don't know where they're coming from. The Chiefs will blitz you 10 times from 10 different ways. The Bills, it's pretty much the same defense every play. So I think the Bills have a lot to work on. I really do. I think they're clearly the third best team in the conference. Yeah, they're in the in-between where the Bengals are still young, right? Quarterback on a rookie deal where the yeah. Chiefs have just done their retooling. Right. And they should be now out on the other side. The Bills, in my opinion, you just have to do it. You just have to just say, suck it up. Josh Allen's kicking in. We got to trade Gabe Davis, get some picks back, save some money. It's not like they don't have some other guys. Josh Allen has shown he can hit other guys on that offense. I mean, what, Shakur is fine. Cole Beasley is somehow still kicking around there, although he did have a brutal drop that ended into an interception. Draft some guys. Draft some guys. Wide receivers, it's not worth it. Gabe Davis is a slightly more souped-up MVS. Let's be real here. Gabe Davis didn't have that breakout that some folks in national media were calling for. He's a guy, a solid wide receiver too, at best. That's all I think he is. Trade him. You're not going to be able to afford him when Josh Allen kicks in. Let's get into into the future. Number four, who is in a better position moving forward, Jacksonville or the New York Giants? So this is, I think, kind of an obvious one, but I wanted to touch on these teams. Look, I think Jacksonville's a better position because they have the quarterback, right? But, um. And I think both have the coach, for the record. I will say this, though. Like, the Giants, man, if they figure that quarterback thing out, now whether they they believe in Daniel Jones or whether they want to go another route, fine. I trust Dable to kind of develop that whole situation. He's just a really good offensive mind, and he's a really good quarterbacks coach. Like, I think the Giants have more work to do to get back to where they were. But I got to tell you, like, I, I believe in their program. I do. I think the Giants are going to be good here going forward. Jacksonville, I think it's pretty obvious. That team is, should be back in the playoffs. Like, I don't I don't think there's any argument that they shouldn't be. The only thing I will say, and it's not against what I just said, because I, I do believe that. I think we're in a little bit of a hurry to crown Trevor Lawrence. Like, a little bit here. Trevor Lawrence is fine. Okay? And to be fair to him, he had a you know Kirk had a bad drop in that in that AFC divisional game would have been a big play. Lawrence also had, was very fortunate. The first drive of the game, Bolton didn't pick him off. He had him right in the numbers. Like he he had, you know he threw another ball that was underthrown that Watson picked off. Like I think Lawrence is a, I, I think Lawrence will be an elite quarterback. I don't think he's an elite quarterback right now. I think he's a very good quarterback right now. I think he's top ten for sure. But like I, we're always like in this rush to be like, let's put him up there, and it's like he—he's he, a very good quarterback. But I think right now he's in that like Lamar Herbert category more than he is that it's Burrow and it's Mahomes and it's potentially Hurts and it's Allen. Like I—I I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, I, I think he's in that eight to twelve range. I would say he's top ten with the potential for more. But Daniel That's- Jones is not sniffing that. Daniel Jones. Where'd you throw him at best 15? Yeah. I mean, the problem with Jones is I I just don't see a lot of upside in the passing game. Like I don't see a situation where I'm like, yeah, he's going to throw for 4,500 yards one of these years. I, I don't. Great legs, great legs, but I'm with you there. Yeah. Like he'll listen. I think Daniel Jones ceiling is being like Alex Smith. That that's, that's what I think. Which is, Hey, listen, Alex Smith is a good quarterback, but I think that's probably the ceiling. I think it's probably where you're going to get it. By the way, in my uh, quarterback rankings that I finished the year out with, okay, now factor in that there were a lot of backups in here because, you know, by the end of the year, you got you know, David Blau playing. 
Okay, I had Daniel Jones at 13. Now, again, if Tua's healthy, he's ahead of Daniel Jones. If Kyler Murray's healthy, he's got a good argument to be ahead of Daniel Jones. Um, If Derek Carr's in that mix because he wasn't, he's ahead of Daniel Jones. Um, You know, Lamar, if he's healthy, he's ahead of him. That would have made it where, like, what, he would have been 17th, 18th? I think he's average. I think I think Daniel Jones is an average NFL quarterback. He's not bad. Like he's he's certainly much improved, but he's not. Nobody's going into a game going shit. How do we shut down Daniel Jones? I think that's probably the reality. Well, and this is why I, again I would go with the Jags in being a better position going forward. An easier division, obviously. Uh, I like Doug Peterson a ton, and I think the progression is still there. I think the. Uh, the floor is set based on the poor division and the ceiling is higher based on the Trevor Lawrence being better than Daniel Jones. Uh, but with the Giants, I'm a massive fan of Brian Dable. I see Jack in the chat uh, talking about how Allen really missed Dable this year. We've talked about it a few times on this show. Uh, the best years Allen's had with Dable. All of a sudden, Dable goes up there in New York. Best year um, Daniel Jones has had with Brian Dable. What have you noticed, too? Cutting down on turnovers, taking care of the football Daniel Jones is probably going to get extended for a while. He's probably getting a long-term extension, and that's going to lower the ceiling of the Giants. But again, their floor will still be decent in a tougher division. I do like the Jags going forward over the New York Giants. Fair enough. By the way, just in case you were curious, the line just moved in the Cincinnati-Kansas City game. It is now two and a half for the Bengals. So the line, uh, I, I wonder if we're going to hit like four. By game time here. Or if it's going to be one of these things where like Mahomes practices in full on Wednesday and all of a sudden the line just like just flying back their direction. I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. It seems to be just all public money. Yeah. I don't think it's any I don't think it's like an ankle thing. I think I mean it is in a sense. I think that's why the public money's going that way. But in terms of like I've had people ask me, you think it's the ankle? Do you think it's public money? I'm like, if it was the ankle, it would have moved in one big shot. Like the public money, which if you're a Chiefs fan, I think is probably not the worst thing that's ever happened, is all like Every time there's just an ungodly amount of public money. <laughs> so, and then like the sharps come in and move it like a point the other direction right before game time. And then that team wins by 30. Um, I do not think the Chiefs are going to win by 30, but all right, let's. Um, Can I ask you one thing before we move forward? Carl Sheffers. Why? I, I just don't understand. And it's not just the Chiefs. Like I no, know we're not. very Kansas City centric here. You and I both being Chiefs guys growing up, all that. So we're very close to Carl Cheffers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not just the Chiefs. Go around the NFL. You're seeing Eagles fans complaining nonstop. Which how great would it be if it was Eagles Chiefs with Carl Cheffers refing that game? What a debacle. He flags everything. Most penalized ref in the NFL. I just don't understand this. So it's insane. It's insane. I. It's like the NFL. Like, you put your best foot forward in the Super Bowl. That he's your best official. He's your best official. It's not great. So I, I on the NFL, I'm not feeling. By the way, he he officiated the Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl as well. So he get he gets plenty of these. He's just he's always involved. I don't get it, man. He he. To me, of all the officials I see every week, why? Why? I can't wait for some huge, massive penalty to swing the game one way or the other. Where, like, some ticky-tack 40-yard defensive P.I. gets called because Carl Sheffers needs a little bit of camera time. Um, Well, is this the NFL putting him on the... Uh, on the call because the NFL knows this will get a lot of engagement. Do you think there's anything behind the fact? No, they put the guy who they hate, they grade the highest. And I, how they grade him the highest, I do, I have no fucking clue. But well, they, probably because he throws the most flags. If that's the case, if you want to ref a Super Bowl, then next year you're going to see more refs throwing more and more flags just for the case of – because they always say you can call holding on every play. DPI that, that probably could get called but does not, like – this is not a good example going forward for the NFL, in my opinion. It's not. And by the way, I agree with Jack, who says he's the Angel Hernandez of football. Yeah, he pretty much is. Like, I just, I, I hate that for the game. Like, forget who's even involved is the teams. Like, I don't even think he's going to screw one team or the other. He's just going to screw everybody involved. Every single person involved is getting screwed. Um, 
can't wait. Can't wait to watch the world championship decided by Carl Sheffers deciding what is a legal contact, you know, on a play all the way across the field. Um, all right. What the, what, well, hell, let's do it. What, uh, what are your picks? What are the picks you're making, uh, this, uh, this this weekend, who you got? Who you got straight up? If you want to throw and cover in the spread, go for it. But who's going to be in Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Uh, I have the Eagles, and I have the Eagles covering. Uh, I think the Eagles right now they're they're just a buzzsaw. Uh, I know folks want to say the injuries for them, but they look so good. I mean, come on, they were talking they about Jalen Hurts being hurt, and then the first drive of the game just goes through the Giants defense hot knife through butter they can run the football he can pass the ball they have elite wide receivers they have the best offensive line in my opinion in the game uh, they're going to give Brock Purdy fits I like the Eagles and I like them covering I like the Chiefs covering and I'm actually going to go with Kansas City in this game that might surprise some folks because I like to consider myself very um, transparent, not a homer. I think the, the, the Bengals have a great team, but their offensive line is so banged up. I said it against Buffalo, and they dominated. I don't think they dominate against the second most sacks in the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs. The defensive front for KC has improved week after week. Joe Cullen has them playing at an elite level. Frank Clark in the playoffs is a real thing. Harrison Butker in the playoffs is a real thing. Um, I just don't see them. I know it's some new diff- some new faces, some different players, but four times in a row just seems unlikely in my opinion. I don't think Mahomes is going to have that much of an issue with that ankle. You mentioned he's going to get so much medication before the game yeah. to play through it. I-, I like the Chiefs in this game. Okay. I like the Eagles. I think they will win. Uh, I think they will cover as well. I'm with you. I think they win that game, and I think the Bengals are going to win. So I'm going to go with the Bengals and the Eagles. I, My honest feeling on the AC game, because I know there's going to be a lot of pushback on that from, from certain corners. Um, I need to see the Chiefs beat them. They never beat them. Like, if this was the other way around, I'd be sitting here saying, hey, look, the Bengals never beat them. It's the same reason if the Chiefs had played the Bills, I would have picked the Chiefs. So it would have been like every time the Chiefs play the Bills and they got to beat them, they kick their ass. Every time. They beat them every single time they play them when it matters. I think the game, talent-wise, is a coin flip. Um, I don't know what's going on with Mahomes' ankle. And I I don't know what the Chiefs – like, they can never get pressure on Burrow, ever. If they can never touch him, doesn't seem to matter. Who the hell is on the offensive line? Um, I think if the Chiefs play their best game, they'll win the game. But they never play their best game against Cincinnati. And so I, I have to I will the only thing I will say is this. If Mahomes comes out early in that game and he's gunning it, that place is going to be going insane. Like I am not a big home field guy. I think sometimes it gets overrated. I think it's overblown. That would be the one well, not the one. That would be a scenario. Because I think there's a lot of scenarios chasing one of the game. That would be a scenario where I could see that game just becoming an extremely emotional thing where the Chiefs just ride that, where it just becomes, hey, he, you know, he's just, he comes out and he looks pretty damn good. And they go down the field and jam in the end zone and the place is just going out of its mind. Like that, I could see, but I, I got to be fair. Yeah. You know, I, if, if the, if the Chiefs beat the Bengals all the time, I'd be like, I think the Chiefs are going to win. The Bengals beat them every single time they play them. So, I'm a man of, of of my principles. I think the Bengals find a way to win the game. I think they've been terrific. I think the teams are even. But give me the Bengals, give me the Eagles, um, getting to Super Bowl 57. When I think teams are so closely matched, the, the talent level is so close, and one team has won three in a row, I do the opposite of you. I go, it's not going to continue. Now, the Chiefs and Broncos, we know the talent level is not there, so I'm not going to go with Denver. Right. But when talent level is so close and you've seen three times in a row, eventually, I, I the way I bet with my money, I go, it's going to flip. I think this this is a game where and it's going to eventually will. Eventually, the Chiefs will beat them. I mean, is it is it Sunday night? I don't know. Yeah. So well, what, do you got, what do you got going on? Uh, I just booked my golf trip. So you see I'm wearing the Shrixon hat right now. I'm, I'm getting – Getting stoked. The, the boys are, are doing our uh, third annual 
Harpo's Ryder Cup. We got eight guys. We go down. We're doing Branson or Lake of the Ozarks, kind of right around there, playing some old Kinderhook. Uh, going to nice. be a lot of fun. So I do about two Ryder Cups a year, two different groups. Um, one of them just got booked. So I am uh, already looking forward to that. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to Mobile on Monday for the Senior Bowl. So flying out, flying from good old O'Hare to Pensacola and then driving from Pensacola to Mobile because there's no direct flight. So uh, I cannot wait to get down there. I'm going to go to the Loda Beer Garden, and I am going to get a beer, and I'm going to get the biggest burger you've ever seen, and I'm going to sit down and hang out uh, and rub elbows with some people that uh, I always enjoy seeing. And I'll be down there uh, until Thursday night when I come back. Um I, I, you know, oh, by the way, you gotta love it. I, you know, I, I make one honest take. I got John Birch. Okay, bozo. Jeez, over Bengals. Like, what do you want, man? Like, you, you come in for honesty, right? Like, I, I'm giving you my honest opinion. Um, I hope you're right, John. I hope you're right. Well, Verderam, you are a bozo. Maybe not for that take, but you are a bozo. Of, of course, I'm a bozo, but not for He's just take. addressing you. He just, he's, he's addressing you and then giving his opinion. That's fair. That I'm okay with. <laughs> Um, all right. So I should just go by that. Bozo. Bozo for everyone. I actually kind of like it. Um, so no, I listen, I'll be down in Alabama. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Um, you know, the 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 team down there, Jim Nagy and, and the crew, they do a great job. So I'm looking forward to getting down there, hitting up the old beer garden, hitting up the battle house when it's when it's you know hitting up Veach and, and hoping I don't I don't contract some kind of malaria that hasn't been discovered yet. <laughs> um, it'd be good. It'd be good. And then I come home for three days. And then it's Glendale, baby. It's Glendale for, mm. for eight days. So, or excuse me, well, yeah, yeah, for eight days. So let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of traveling. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think Bozo Verderam is gonna <laughs> stick. And if you're Bozo Verderam, I think Mobile Homes is a pretty good one for me. I, hey, could, could do worse. Do worse. My dad always used to say, if I was acting up as a kid, I'm going to change your name to Mobile. <laughs> that is a dad joke, but it's funny. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Um, all right. We're getting out of here. It's frankly, it's noon here. I'm hungry. I'm going to get some lunch. I haven't eaten breakfast. So, uh, for Sterling Holmes, I am at Verderam. This has been Stack in the Box. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Um, really would appreciate it. Also, hey, just you know, you could subscribe if you're listening. Uh, you want it on iTunes or anywhere else, Spotify, you can do that as well. And leave a comment, five star rating. Uh, you know, leave a question in the review, we'll answer it for you on the pod. So, thanks so much for joining us. Next week, I will not be here because I will be in Mobile. So, uh, we will, uh, we'll have somebody replacing me, uh, to, to join up here with Holmes. But, uh, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate you. Chat soon. Good luck to your teams this weekend. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.